Yes, today I'm honored to be once again joined by legendary college basketball analyst Joe Lenardi. Joe, what's going on? John, it's a beautiful thing when it starts to get dark early because that means yes. we're going to be going to basketball games soon. Yes, basketball season is upon us. <laughs> I love this time of year. I love it. I love it. Yes, it's Well, who doesn't? I mean, you, you know, especially if you're from Philly. Yeah, you know, we got the Phillies, we got the Eagles, the Sixers are starting. Yes. College basketball teams are all practicing. It's one of those times of the year where there's a lot of overlap. Yes. And um, it's pretty cool. Yes, the Phillies are doing great right now. Um, the Sixers play tonight. It's, it's going to be a lot of love in Philly tonight. <laughs> Definitely. Well, I'm going to be jumping on my remote, that's for sure. We'll, we'll start with baseball and uh, see where the scores take us. Yes, definitely. Yes, the season's ramping up. Um, major days have taken place, as I'm sure you know. Um, coaches are getting their lineup sets for the opening night um, a couple weeks from now. Um, take us through this time of year for you. What do you like most about it? Cause I, know, I love it because I know media coverage is beginning, is beginning soon. <laughs> well, the, the, the first thing, I, I get on my soapbox for a second. And that is to say, uh, I think the season starts too early. As much as we love it, yeah. uh, you know, we're going to have games on November 7th, which is, you know, three weeks from, from yesterday as, as, as we're speaking today. Right. And, you know, I guess I'm a little old school in that I come from the time when, you know, practice started October 15th at the at colleges. Right. You know, midnight madness or however they were kicked off. Yeah. And, you know, you would play around Thanksgiving. Uh, and and by then, you know, the leaves had fallen. It, 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 it was not just darker but colder, and it felt more like basketball. Right. Um, you know, now, and and – you know, I don't want to like the hand that feeds me, but this is all for TV for the most part. And uh, it's not like we're not going to watch, but I, I, I do think that the quality of play in, in early November is sometimes lacking. And, and the old school coaches will say it's because even though practice starts earlier, Right. You know, now it's more like the end of September. Uh, the, the, the coaches will say we would rather have more time with our teams right. than we would, you, you know, out playing national TV, you know, made-for-TV marquee matchups. Right. Uh, but here we are, and, and now it's not even the, the, that first Tuesday of November. It's Monday because the NCAA has decreed that all student-athletes need to be um, released from competition and practice on Election Day so they, you know, are not distracted from participating in the election. And I'm all for that. I don't have any problem with that. Uh, Even though most of them, the ones that do participate, probably vote absentee because most of them are not living in their home cities at this time of year. Right. Um, 
But that's another story altogether. So the season is here. I could use another couple of weeks. Right. But, you, you know, um, what, what, what I'm doing now is beginning to build a database. Okay. Uh, which I have kind of on a rolling basis in the off-season. But it, it's more serious now because there's not going to be any more roster moves. Uh, all the transferring is done. All the portaling is done. Uh, we know if for some reason someone's not going to be eligible, whether it be academics or initial eligibility or what have you, look, right. the teams are the teams. And it's it's not pro basketball where you can make a trade a week before the season. Right. <laughs> and, 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 you know, so – you know, the coaches, media days are taking place. We're getting the coaches' rankings of teams within their league. The first AP poll came out yesterday, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So, you, what? to be honest, what I'm doing is I'm kind of comparing my summer rankings, which, which we use for the monthly bracket updates in the offseason. Okay. Uh, I'm just comparing with some of the consensus rankings that are coming out now from the different parts of the country and making sure that I don't have any outliers or, or ones I can't explain. Like, you know, if I have, you know, Kentucky, let's say as a top five team and everybody else says, you know, they're 25th when the polls and the coaches league rankings come out, I'm not saying I'll change, right. but I'll want to know what accounts for the difference. Gosh, right? Like maybe someone got hurt and I missed it. Right. Right. Or maybe there's a regional bias in the voting and they're wrong. Right. So there'll be, you know, a handful of examples like that in the top 100 to 120 or so schools at any point in time in the first part of the season I'm tracking maybe 100 to 120 teams okay. uh, and, 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 and looking at the November matchups mostly of potential bubble teams okay uh, you, you know like like when, when the what do you call it, when the uh, Champions Classic takes place Kentucky Duke Michigan State and Kansas you know, obviously that's a great night, and we want to watch all those games. Right. But I'm usually paying more attention a little bit down the ballot right. in, in November and December. When, example, when the ACC Big Ten Challenge happens, you know, and I don't have the pairings in front of me, but if if Duke is playing Michigan, right. you know, that might be the marquee game. Well, the bigger game for my purposes might be North Carolina State against Penn State. Okay. Right? If they're likely, you know, they're not going to be one seeds. They're going to be fighting for those last few spots in the tournament. And and those are the games that I'm going to end up referring back to more often in February and March. Right. So I'm beginning to get them on the calendar. You, you know, they're not always the prime time games. Right. You know, maybe not ESPN. It's like that game might be at 9.30 on 
ESPNU or something. Right. And I want to make sure I know about that. So I'm, I'm tracking it in real time when, when the time comes. Well, I understand. And like everything else, um, people see the results, but they don't see the hard work behind closed doors. Now, your process of picking brackets is a year-long process that a lot of people don't realize. They see your great picks and the great work you put out, but they don't know the hard work that goes behind the scenes. <laughs> well, I, I appreciate you saying hard work. You know, most of my friends, uh, particularly my sports friends, they don't think people in sports media have real jobs. And uh, in a lot of ways, we don't, of course. You know, we're working in life's toy department, and, and I'm certainly uh, aware of that and appreciative of that. Right. But, but by the same token, it, it's just not possible for me to do this to my standards. Gotcha. And I assume the standards of, of readers and viewers and, and other media, like, I'm not throwing darts at a wall here. Gotcha. Um, y- y- you know, um, I-, 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 I think you can take your work seriously without maybe necessarily taking yourself seriously. Like, I understand. I'm not saving lives or doing anything that's, you know, making mankind better. Right. I'm providing entertainment, uh, but that doesn't mean that it should be done half-assed. Got you. Uh, at least to me. And 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 you know, I, I've I've had a method that has kind of stood the test of time, and I do tweak it from from year to year, right. uh, both both the analytics and how I choose to allot my time. Uh, And and allotting my time is is a big part of the planning there. All the schedules are out, and and I'll spend the next week or two kind of getting myself from here until, let's say, Christmas. Right. Uh, Because now most of the major conferences begin their league play for the most part right around New Year's, sometimes a little bit earlier in that week between Christmas and New Year's, you know, 28th, 29th of December, something like that. But what I'll do is I won't start slotting a lot of of my my games and my travel and, and my TV watching for the conference part of the schedule until we get closer to the holidays. Awesome. Uh, because there's going to be surprise teams yes. that, that yeah. require more attention. <laughs> yeah. And you and I, like, we think, Rick, we'd like to think we know who they are already. Right. By definition, if there's surprises, then we don't. And then the flip side of that is there's going to be some teams that aren't as good as maybe we, we all thought in the off season, or maybe right. there's an injury. Or, you know, please God, we're done with COVID. Uh, But that's been an issue the last couple of years. So, uh, you you know, now is about just being ready for November and the first half of December. Most teams are off for a week or 10 days 
in, in mid-December for exams and, and academic commitments. And, and that's, you know, I'll start doing my sneak peeks then for right. January and February. And, and, you know, by the time I wake up the day after Christmas, I'm usually ready to roll with, with conference play. Gotcha. Yeah, I totally understand about putting putting it all into your work. Um, I take this very seriously, and I take pride in the whole platform I've built. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, to... we've all built our own, and we should take pride in it. Uh, you know, just like a craftsman or yes. or a school teacher or somebody who owns their own business. Yes. Uh, you know, we all make contributions in different ways, and. Right. Uh, you know, I had a real job for 30-plus years, you know, 9 to 5, and, 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 and I don't any longer, and, and I'm able to devote more time to this. And, uh, you know, I'm just going to keep working at this until somebody tells me this about. <laughs> and there's no time soon. <laughs> doing a tremendous job. No, not. <laughs> because, I, you know, then I'd have to walk in and say to my wife, <laughs> Honey, I, I'm twiddling my thumbs, and I remember when my dad retired the first time, we all asked my mom how it was going, and she said, I have half as much money and twice as much husband. And my dad, <laughs> my dad immediately went back to work. So, you know, that was that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, as you alluded to a little bit earlier, the um, first preseason poll came out, and no surprise, North Carolina's number one. I mean, they're returning – Four starters and a fifth-year senior. I mean, with a fifth-year senior, it's your overall favorites right now. Have to be, and they have experience experience coming back along with them. I, I certainly understand the voting. Uh, if if I were voting, I would not pick North Carolina number one. Uh, I mean, they would certainly be very very high on paper. Uh, they are. But yeah, sure. But one of the things that that I track. Okay. And almost every year, there's a team or two in the following category, John, and that is a team that is overvalued because it kind of overplayed its season the prior year in the NCAA tournament. What do I mean by that? Well, I mean, Carolina was, was an 8-9 seed. Yeah. Right, and here they are making Monday night, and 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 they're in the national championship game. And I mean, what they lost by three, right, to Kansas. So I Kansas. mean, they were right, they were right there in that game. It could have easily gone their way, and 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 we might remember the year before a big name team that was an 11 seed and got to the Final Four was UCLA. Right. Right. They had a great run from the first four in Dayton to the Final Four. That was the year the tournament was in the bubble in Indianapolis. And, you know, everybody had UCLA, you know, first or second or third the following year. Right. And, and, and they never live up to that. And some of it was COVID and injuries. But, but the reality is, the three or four weeks of the NCAA tournament right. are nowhere near 
as good a predictor of the following season as the three or four months that preceded. So we're understanding the league. Every year, you know, we we buy high on a team or two. Right. So that they're going to be a Final Four team because last year it almost never happened in my experience. I could go back 25 years and give you 25 teams that outkicked their coverage in year A and then were overvalued in year B. Right. Uh, and, and 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 sometimes the teams are even better in year B, but the breaks don't go their way. Or you know maybe the point guard and the and the and the small forward don't get along. And there's something that we don't know about as outsiders. Right. Or you, you know maybe there's a, a key player who's having some trouble off the court in in school or in his personal life or with his family, and, and it seems just not quite the same. Sometimes you see seniors come back, and they have their eye on next year and how they're going to make a living. Right. And, and none of these things are, are obvious at the start of the year, but, you know, it's human nature to, 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 to behave in ways that are self-centered. Right. It doesn't mean you're selfish necessarily, but you know, if you're 21, 22 years old, and you're a, a, a senior at North Carolina and you just went to the national championship game, you're thinking, man, there's going to be a lot of eyes on me. You know, even if I'm not a lottery pick like their top guys, right? Like, I can, I can set myself up here. So maybe the role player takes two or three shots that he's not supposed to, right? Or, right. or, or, or maybe, the, maybe the energy guy off the bench, instead of guarding the other team's best player, is jacking up bad three points. Right? Like, and it only takes five or six possessions in a close game to swing the outcome. Very true. It's very true. And, and I guess, I guess, in a way, we're talking about chemistry, right? Yeah. But chemistry can change during eight months off. Yes, it can. So I'm not I'm not ready to anoint the, the target. If I had to pick a team today and bet a mortgage payment on that team to win it all, I would pick Kentucky. Okay. I mean, they're there. They're, they're like fourth, fifth in the polls. Right. You know, obviously, Oscar Sheway, he's going to have – minor surgery or maybe already had it, you know, we're going to assume that he comes back and is a 20 and 10 guy or or close to it, you know, maybe more like 18 and 14. Uh, And and they have a nice mix of their usual incoming studs, but they have some older guys. And surely if there's a team shot among the blue bloods, that's going to have a chip on their shoulder. Right. You know, I, I, I just have to say the word St. Peter's out loud, right? And 
that's that's going to get me kicked out of the state of Kentucky. Right. <laughs> um, you've been doing some great sideline coverage at the alma mater, St. Zoom's. Um, you and Matt Martucci, um, a great one-two combo. Um, tell us about how was how is for you being able to cover your great alma mater as players come and go from their from your alma um, school. Well, I'm a hawk. And I saw my first St. Joe's game in 1967. I was in the first grade, and my oldest brother was in the band, and he took me. Okay. Uh, Since then, according to a little chart I keep, there have been 1,161 more Hawks games. The last thousand or so, I've been fortunate enough to be primarily – a broadcaster, and, uh, you know, some of my greatest memories and friendships uh, involve the basketball program at St. Joe's. Yeah. Uh, going back to, to, to Jimmy Lynham and, and, and you know, Jeffrey Clark, who was my year, the, the Big Five Player of the Year, and now a Division One referee, all the way through – you know, Jim Boyle and, and John Griffin, whose son is now on the staff, of course, the long and extremely successful reign of Phil Martelli. Yes. And, and Billy Lang trying to push us forward and, 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 and have us be competitive in an entirely new landscape of Division One basketball. You know, the powers that be are not making it any easier for the little guy. Right. Uh, and... and you know, Billy knows that. The administration at St. Joe's know that. We, we try to convey it on our broadcasts. But, you know, the reality is the Hawks haven't had a winning season in six years. And that's pretty long for St. Joe's. Yeah. Uh, it's really long for St. Joe's. And... Uh, you know, certainly they have a chance this year right. uh, to be 500 or better. But, you know, one of their players is in the NBA from a year ago. Yeah, Charlie. Jordan Hall and another one, Taylor Funk, could be a pro but took a fifth grad year at Utah State. Uh, he, he, he was recruited there after he got his degree right. in May. And, and you know, Billy Lang's team is younger. I, I, I think it might be one to 13 more talented. Right. Uh, but most coaches, particularly outside the high majors where you're getting NBA players as one of right. you know, m- most coaches will tell you that if, if you're putting the burden of winning and losing on a freshman you, yeah. or, fre- or groups of them, you're more likely to lose than win. Yeah. So, you know, they were picked, I guess I saw the A-10 poll, they were picked, I think, 13th. I think that's a little low, uh, but, you know, if, if, if they can overachieve that and have a, a winning season, uh, Billy Lang will have done a great job uh, in, in, in really his first, normal year out of four. 
Right, uh, yeah. You think about it. Yeah. Um, and, and, look, none of these guys want excuses made for them, and, and I, I'll, be the, I'll be the harshest critic of anything with my own school, but, he, he, you know, when he got the job, by the time he got going, he had three, three players left. Right. And that wasn't his fault. And then, you know, there was a, a true COVID year and then a COVID follow-up year. Uh, the introduction of the port, you know, was not the right time to be rebuilding. Right. And, and at least now, he's, he's got all his players. The last holdover was Taylor Funk, and, and, and he was a good player, but he's moved on. Right. So I think now it can be officially stated that the Hawks are Billy Lang's team. And, uh, you know, roll it out and see how it goes. Yes. No easy, no easy mark. Their first game is against the number three team in the country. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, I saw that. I don't know whose idea was that. I've been involved, you know, more during the Martelli years with scheduling for St. Joe's. So if any of the St. Joe's fans are unhappy with that game or its outcome, I want to say on the record, it wasn't my idea. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what I am looking forward to is, yes, and it's definitely. so you know the local fans if they want to go, it's not that hard to go. I, I'm certainly planning on it. Yes, um, one thing St. Joseph has done over the years is development. I mean, you named a couple players, also from Zamir Nelson to recently Charlie Brown Jr. Um, how good for you seeing players from St. Joseph evolve and go go on to the NBA? I think that's a great point that that gets lost. Uh, just you know, even in, like, look, Jameer Nelson at a St. Joe's is lightning in a box. Yeah. Right? I mean, the number of times that the Wooden Award winner is going to play at a non-football school outside a power conference, we could count on half the fingers of one name. Right. Uh, but, but, you know, beyond that, Langston Galloway has had a lucrative career. Yes. Deontay Bembry is having a lucrative career. You know, Charlie Brown got his cup of coffee, and he's not done. Right. Uh, Jordan Hall now has a two-way with the Spurs. Uh, you know, and then going back to Jameer's supporting cast, Obviously, Delonte West, before his off-court problems became more severe, was yeah. an NBA starter. Yeah, he was. Dwayne Jones, his Sixers assistant, had a couple of cups of coffee and a two-year guarantee with the Timberwolves. Like, that's six or eight guys yeah. in the last 20 years. And there have probably been... More and more NBA players right. coming out of St. Joe's, um, certainly than any school in the Big Five, not named Villanova. Yes, and far and away more than any other schools in the Atlantic Ten. Yes. Uh, so, so you know, it's still within the last decade that St. Joe's won two Atlantic Ten championships. Yes. So, so it's. You know, it's been lean 
certainly of late, uh, but the long-term value of the program, I think, is is spoken in the overall winning over multiple years yeah. and the great players that have been produced. Not to mention, you know, the great coaches, uh, seven NBA head coaches coming out of City Line Avenue. Like, that's crazy. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, you, you know, some off-court contributors, whether they be, you know, administrators or media types or, or even that little Italian bracketologist, <laughs> you know, we've had, we've had, you know, probably made our mark uh, in, in a large way for a small place. Yeah. Um, what do you think um, St. Louis' expectations are for this year? As you said, this is essentially um, Ling's own team for the first time. What do you think are the realistic expectations? So it could be, it could surprise some people, including us. I mean, it depends on how the chemistry goes. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think there's more pieces than there have been. Uh, certainly better guard play. Last year's team, in a general way, kind of had bigger, slower guards. Right. And had a hard time, frankly, guarding the ball, guarding the perimeter, and keeping the little guards out of the lane and, and, and creating problems. Yes. And most college teams have little guards that can get in the lane and create problems. Maybe not at the Jameer Nelson level, right. but, you know, Ace Baldwin at, at VCU is an outstanding point guard and penetrator. Right. Uh, Malachi Smith at Dayton was an all-freshman pick, and, and he's going to be throwing lobs to a future millionaire in Deron Holmes in the middle. Right. Uh, so, you know, I look around at least our league, the Atlantic 10, and say, you know, maybe the Hawks can be better defensively to overcome the loss of, of some of the scoring that Hall and Funk provided. And, you know, as good as they were, they were both pretty streaky players. True. And, That's true. And, and, you know, maybe maybe relying more on the committee approach could be valuable. And, and I don't think the, the staff and the player I'm about to mention, H.K. Obina, the center, got enough credit. Like, like to be a double-double guy... Yeah. In the Atlantic 10, as a transfer from Vandy who didn't see much time, like, right. that's a pretty big deal. And, and you know, Educate is a bright guy. He's limited athletically. Like, he's not a leaper or a shot blocker. But he's got good hands, good footwork, right. and good positioning. And, you know often results in a best. And and that 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 sounds kind of basic, but three hundred and sixty three division one teams this year, I don't think many have a nightly double double at the five spot. That's a rarity. Uh, I, you know, may, may, maybe ten percent, definitely not twenty percent. 
so that's that's a big deal. And of course, you, you know, you just want to see continued development from a guy like Eric Reynolds, who is an all freshman pick, and 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 hope hope now that you can keep your roster together, right? Because they've got a very promising incoming class, as good a, a, a set of freshmen coming in as has happened at St. Joe's probably since DeAndre Bembry came. So, uh, you, you, you know, uh, and, and you'd have to go back for a multiplayer class to have the potential impact of who they've signed for a year from now, you'd probably have to go back to Delonte West and Pat Carroll and Dwayne Jones. Great, great and, class. And, and, you know, again, none going to the Basketball Hall of Fame, but seriously winning high, high major players, right? And, and, yeah. and you know, if, if the guys that they've signed for next year are anywhere near that, you know, then, then these lean years through COVID and the coaching transition uh, will hopefully be worth it. Definitely. Can't wait to get back to Hagen Arena. Um, I love being there. Always sit all the time. The media seating is amazing. Right on the court, right by the action. How's it for you having always having the best seat in the house? You're right in the middle, seeing all the action. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you know, it's funny. I, I'm, I, I'm old enough to realize, John, that uh, the number of years I have left doing it right. is probably less than the number that I have done it. Uh, because I've been doing it for, you know, more than 30 years, I have a hard time imagining that I'll be doing it when I'm 90. Uh, but you never know. And and, and I realize someday I'm probably going to have to sit with the paying customers. Uh, but it, it, look, there's not a bad seat even for the paying customers. Yeah. It's, yes. You know. It's a pretty small place, and uh, uh, it's always been home and felt like home to me. Uh, I, I can close my eyes and, and see our daughters, you know, as toddlers running around on the court after the games. Right. And, you know, the other 28 and 24. Right. Uh, but, you know, will we'll text me after a game still. One lives in... Massachusetts, one lives in Florida, and texts me and asks, you know, how the Hawks do tonight, Dad? Like, yeah. And, 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 and hopefully now with, with COVID better, in a better place, you know, my wife can start coming. She, she hasn't been for a couple of years. Uh, right. And, you know, she'll certainly sit behind me and, and correct every mistake that I make. Definitely can't wait to get back on the sidelines with you, man. I mean, I think I don't think you're going anywhere anytime soon. I see you taking a page out of Dick Vitale's longevity book. I think you're going to be covering games as long as he has. I really do, honestly. You're doing a, you're doing a phenomenal job. I remember before I saw the panel, I used to watch you on um, ESPN making your picks. Then I created the platform. I was able to meet you, and here we are. Like it. <laughs> we We don't. You know, sports coverage is different now. It's it's internet based and not all radio and TV. So we don't travel with a team as much as we used to. Right. Uh, you know, because our fans can get internet feed from from the, from the other school. Right. Uh, and and you know, may, you know, I miss that to a degree.
speech, allowed me to grow practicality, and it's allowed me, you know, to act my age a little bit more. And, and you know, I just counted up today. It looks like I'm still going to have around 20 games, which is, you know, one or two a week for five months, okay. uh, plus the ESP. You know, I, I, I'm very blessed, John. And, you know, it, the only thing I would change about it is, you know, I'd love to get a get a better partner than Martucci. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, because he talks all the time and I can't get a word in. <laughs> you guys are a great one. You guys are a great one, two points. I got to looking over at you guys going at it. <laughs> well, I never had a little brother. I never had a little brother. I, I'm the youngest brother okay. in my own family. Right. And and obviously he's a, he's a great friend and a very underrated game caller, I think. His preparation is, is second to none. Definitely. Uh, he's already calling me every day, you know, did I see this about Lafayette or did I see this about fairly Dickinson all games that are on St. Joe's non-league schedule. And I'm thinking, right. man, I'm still trying to get – I'm still working on the top 25, you know, <laughs> for, for my other life. So right. you know, I got to get Albany under control. Uh, the only thing I know about Albany, which I want to say November 17th, is one of their assistant coaches is Ryan Daly. So I'm looking <laughs> forward to seeing him come back. Definitely. Joe, always a pleasure speaking with you. Thanks so much for your time again. Looking forward to seeing you on the sidelines again soon. John, it won't be long. Another two or three weeks, my friend. Yeah, see you soon. Thank you for your time again. You bet. All right, bye-bye. Yes, that was legendary college basketball analyst, Joe Nardi, once again joining me. Catch you next time.